Welcome to the McYappin Fries Movie Podcast. I am Gavin. And I am Ian. And we are a weekly, we're a regu- semi-regular <laughs> we're a semi- movie Semi-regular podcast movie show. podcast chat show where we talk about movies and news and reviews and all kinds of stuff. We have a very exciting episode this week because there's been a couple of really big things that have gone down in the past week. So it'll be a lot of news and we'll also do reviews of Pitch Perfect. And uh, I have a very late review of The Watch, uh, which is... A f- the last film starring Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn and Jonah Hill. What's that other guy's name? Richard Ayoade? The guy from Moss from the IT Crowd. Moss from the IT Crowd. As henceforth and, he shall be known. And the director of Submarine. Yeah. And uh, we'll also do a quick kind of retrospective on The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly because I watched it yesterday. Okay. Absolutely. But yeah, moving on to news. Yes. I, I, I think it's, it's only fair to say that the, there's the biggest piece of news this week. Yeah. Is uh, they finally announced uh, a director for Star Wars Episode Seven? Uh, Matthew Vaughn was rumored to be taking on this gig for quite yeah. a while, and the son of a bitch didn't deny it either. No, 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 he didn't. So maybe he was in talks at some point. He was negotiating a higher price for whatever the fuck he's doing right now. Probably, probably. We'll, we 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 won't know. No. Uh, but it's official now. The director of Star Wars Episode Seven is J.J. Abrams. Officially, the greediest fan in the world. Yes, because now I mean this it's not enough. Not, this guy will not sleep until he has every beloved fanboy franchise under his belt. He's currently in negotiations to do the Lord of the Rings all over again. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, why the fuck are you listening to this podcast? But, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know who J.J. Abrams is, J.J. Abrams is uh, the creator of TV shows such as Alias, uh, Fringe, Lost, Felicity, Undercovers. Yes, I did and, like. I, uh, as far as his motion picture work is concerned, he is the uh, director of Super Eight, Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, and also Mission Impossible Three, which is actually uh, a Mission Impossible movie. That and I he was also wrote with screenplay on Armageddon. Uh, he was the co- yeah, he was he was one of the writers on Armageddon. Yeah. No, I just like I was was going through all his IMDb looking which for I, all the all, and the, and all I, the misses, and I, and I have no issues with that because no, no. Armageddon may be a miss to you, it's not a miss to me. No, no, but I just, Armageddon is one of the best films ever made. That movie chokes me up to this day. I don't give a fuck what all of you fucking <laughs> sensitive motherfuckers out there think about that movie. I love Armageddon. Yeah, it makes Deep Impact look like Deep Impact. Do you always cry along with Ben Affleck in the lift? No, 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 no. I never did. You never did. I never did. I make fun of it like everyone else. Harry, I love you! You know, but uh, the first time I saw the movie, that whole scene with Bruce Willis and Liv Tyler where he's saying goodbye to her, spoilers, sorry. Um, Where he says, I I don't want to miss a thing. (laughs) Exactly right, you know, where, where, uh, you know, actually, that's some fucked up subtext with the dad fucking With the video, yeah. But, um, you know, that whole thing was like, I wish I could be around and walk down the aisle. I was like, oh shit, he's not going to walk down the aisle, You know, but you know what? I wasn't alone because I had David Knight sitting next to me, and he was bawling too. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And that's the show. And that's Mr. Sensitivity right there. So you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. It's all good. How do you feel about this? I'm a little. I mean, it, it is. I, it is it, crazy. It's, it's, it's one of those things that we should be happy about it. Yeah, but it's the fact that you know. The guy who did start rebooted Star Trek is now getting a chance to play in the Star Wars universe. That shouldn't be allowed. You should be in, you know, you should be on one side of the fence or the other. I mean, from a business point of view, I kind of understand where it comes from because George Lucas is saying, you know, I have watched from afar and I've been uh, impressed with. He's everything. been consistently impressed been, with JJ as a filmmaker and a storyteller. So I think he loved Undercovers. Absolutely, yeah. and Felicity, <laughs> and 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 the and this and the series finale of Lost. Yeah, you know, he loved that shit. Well, I think that they, I'll give him shit, but he did kind of like set up Lost and then get the fuck out. That's right. He didn't have a fucking clue he's where that been, was going. He's been quite clever with that, actually. He yeah. did that with Fringe as well. Mm. 
He set it up nicely, and then he's like, "I'm out of here." And reading uh, SFX magazine had a review uh, interview with the showrunner. The, I can't remember his name, but the actual the show the showrunner for Fringe from basically halfway through season one till the end. Is this J.Y. Friedman or whatever the fuck? Something, something like something that. Like that yeah. And he was talking about how you know it, they didn't know they had this kind of ex Fozzy show, and they literally did not know what they where they were going with it. And it was only till they got into the universe yeah, thing and all that. So that didn't come from JJ. Yeah. Like at the beginning, when you think back to it, it wasn't the universe A, universe B thing. It was no. there was people no. trying out weird science experiments called the pattern. Yeah. Although when you go back and watch it now, there is enough there in those first couple of episodes to suggest they knew what they were doing. Yes. But actually, they didn't. And he's good at that. Yeah. He's suggesting very good shit. At that. Now, I don't know. Personally, uh, I would have liked for somebody for, else to get a crack at the other geek whip. For some strange reason, I would have been happier with Matthew Vaughn. Hmm. And, and I can't explain why. Every, every, every fanboy... It's because of J.J. Abrams' shit-eating grin. Every fanboy logic... Don't you say that I look like him? Yeah. <laughs> every, every, every fanboy logic suggests that this is a good idea. But it's just that he got to do Star Trek already. He got to reboot Star Trek. He's taking all the dreams. Is Star Wars going to look like Star Trek? Well, did you see someone already put up online? It was like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And up in the corner, there's just massive lens flare. <laughs> Can you, can you I mean, imagine the, lightsabers with lens flare? You won't be able to see anything. The problem I have with this is that he's got to come up with a completely different visual style. Yes. Otherwise, otherwise, it's just going to be you know people are going to get confused. Like what the fuck? You know what movie am I watching? Here? And to be fair, it was he wasn't that in love with lens flare before Fringe season two or two, three, and two, then yeah. they started Star doing Trek. a lot of that shit. There wasn't yeah. any in Mission Impossible three, was there? No. Yeah. No. So I mean, it was a style you developed for that, and the future is shiny. But it was a long time ago. There's a fair bit of it in Super Eight as well. That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, but the lens flare aside, I don't have any issues with that. There's just something about this that because um, he rebooted Star Trek so well, yeah. even there's just that whole feeling you cannot, and you know that the marketing team is going to be from the director of Star Trek. Mm. You know, I don't think anyone's going to say from the director of Super 8. Which again, 12-year-old me is like, what the fuck? That's going to be on the poster from like, the director of Star, Star Trek, Trek brackets Star- 2009. And I'd be like... They're going to make a Star Trek movie in 2009? It's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think he'll make a good film. Mm. Uh, but there's something about it where... I am slightly worried that we're all just computer representations in his personal fantasy matrix. I never thought about that. Yeah. He's getting to direct all his geek dreams and everything else. Everything's coming up Abrams. Oh, shit. Deja vu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, a cat just walked past. Yeah, Another cat that looked exactly the same. Was it the exact same cat? I love how she looked. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we're not alone. Uh, no, but this is very, very big news. Yeah. It is huge news because J.J. Abrams is one of uh, recent pop culture's biggest names. He has created some amazing shit. He is an amazing filmmaker. Everything about, like as I said before, every all of the fanboy signs suggest this is a good idea. Yeah, and he's not doing a reboot. I mean, they... Hopefully they'll this continue is a continuation. the Skywalker, yeah. It's a continuation of the story. And, and I there's, a, there's a visual style established for those movies, and hopefully he'll ignore the first three visual style and yes, go for that hopefully. fucked up aesthetic of the first Well, one. Lawrence Kasdan uh, is, is still on board as a, as a consultant, mm-hmm. uh, which, is good, which is good news. For those yeah. of you who are unaware, Lawrence Kasdan is the guy who is responsible for the greatest Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, so I mean, personally, I'm just I'm I'm gonna choose to be happy about this because and fuck, at least it's not Brett Ratner. Yeah, you know. So, I saw that somewhere. <laughs> so, said that. so so in that in that regard, you know, I'm very happy that they've chosen someone who has a very very good track record. And as far as track records go, you don't get much stronger than this guy. Yeah, I mean, it financially um, makes sense, and 
It's just there's part of me that would have liked to have seen someone completely out of left field take it. Exactly. You know, exactly. Like, I mean, th- th- was it was it David Lynch who was supposed to be originally? They were courting him to try and get him to do uh, Star- Return of the Jedi or Empire. Uh, no, 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 no. I think I think there's a little bit of confusion there. I think uh, Ridley Scott was supposed to, was originally supposed to do Dune, and uh, David Lynch took over from Dune, and it's been widely publicized since then that Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott's version of Dune would have been yeah. very much like Star Wars. Oh no, but I thought that at one point they were in talks to get David Lynch to do Empire or, e- or Ewok. Why? Why would you? <laughs> no, because that at that point he had, you know, he was a bit more. He wasn't. He hadn't quite so settled into his weird rut. Yeah. Well, fuck. What do you call Dune? <laughs> well, that's Dune's weird. He was. He, had, he went off and made Dune at that point, and that's when the weirdness really took hold. After seeing Dune, Lucas is like, you know what? Never mind. Yeah, we're okay. Yeah, says the guy who made THX 1138. Yeah. Another weird film. But, you know, I'm going to reserve judgment until I see a trailer. I'm sure it'll be a solid film. My only... My and, then, and even when we get the trailer, we're, we're still going to reserve judgment because we still remember 1999. I'm watching that first trailer 100,000 times and going, this is going to be awesome. The trailer for The Phantom Menace is probably one of the best trailers I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the same can't be said about the movie. No. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of divided about this. I th- I'm looking forward to it, but at the same time, it is a little selfish. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Let Ben Affleck get, do it. Well, that should be Ben Affleck's reward for not getting an Oscar nomination as Best Director. It's yeah. like, here's Star Wars. You know what? I take it all back. But then again, Ben Affleck's got his hands full with the stand. Yeah. And someone said, the, some commentators were saying that the... the the press release from because it's official from uh, Lucasfilm now and from Disney. The press release was very clear to say that he's directing Episode Seven. Yeah. It wasn't like he's doing the trilogy. So people have online said, "Well, maybe it'd be good if they got Vaughn or Favreau to do one of the other ones, or even get Affleck back in there later on the back end." Shit, fuck, man! I don't think Favreau should be allowed to, to fucking touch Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm saying that. I just, you know, <laughs> I don't want I don't want Favreau anywhere near Star Wars. Josh Whedon for Episode Ten. Absolutely, <laughs> I can. I'll get behind that. Is his, how long is his contract with uh, Disney for? 2015. Uh, forever. Forever. <laughs> his children are going to be working for Disney. Uh, so yes, moving on. Moving on. But that um, is that is the big news. Yeah, that is, and Everyone, everyone's been jerking off about this. Yeah. And uh, just uh, somewhat related to it is um, now with the positive reactions that Guillermo del Toro's um, Pacific Rim trailers have been getting, Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers has decided to revive Robotech. Again. The live-action version of Robotech. Yeah. Um, I actually have recently started watching the old Robotech cartoons again, Mm -hmm. and they're retarded. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The original ones or the the US, the the Harmony Gold ones? No, 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 the the, the US ones. I mean, like, for those of you who don't know, the US version of Robotech is actually, it's actually, I mean... When you think about it now, it's groundbreaking. Mm. It's it's a combination of two Japanese cartoons. Three, isn't it? No, I thought it was two. I thought it was three different series. The Centrides, because I, I looked it up, the Centrides was the first series, and the second series was something else. But it's like they oh, all. Oh, oh, you're talking about the various series, like moving each into series it. of yeah, the show. No, I'm talking. Like I'm, talking I'm talking about shows. the inception of the show. Yeah. The inception of Robotech was originally two Japanese anime shows yeah. uh, that were insane, and the 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 the, US, the Harmony Gold version itself. It's it's not bad. It's just incre- It's it's a soap opera. Yeah. It is a massive soap opera. They edited together like two cartoons that had that had no planes, that had F14s that turned into robots that yeah. turned into Jetfire because yeah. the, the design was pretty much identical to Jetfire from yeah. Transformers. Yeah. But aside from that, there was no correlation whatsoever between these two animes at all. So they made a correlation and redubbed it in English. Redubbed it in English exactly. And from what I hear, it was like a real sweatshop. I mean, like these guys were working way into the mornings. You know, it's kind of like a. 
kind of like my, like a, when I was doing like a Japanese dubbing, same thing. You have, uh-huh. you have talents coming in like at three or three in the morning, three in the morning, match lip flaps. Uh-huh. 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 You know, but the whole idea because I, I um, I'm going to name super dimensional f- fortress macros. Name right? drop morning, name drop morning. Oh really? Um, I had a I had about like an hour long conversation with the late Carl Masek um, at um, who that is. Carl Masek is the guy who came up with the the idea for the uh, Harmony Eagles version of Robotech. Clang! Let me just get that name that you just dropped. For yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Let there me just uh, pause while you pick up that name. Uh, I was at the. This is my first trip at Comic Con, and uh, I had like a couple of drinks with Carl Masek, and he was talking to me about uh, the Warner Brothers live action version of Robotech. Uh, that at the time was to star Tobey Maguire as Rick Hunter. He's still attached as a producer, apparently. Yeah, he's still attached as a producer, but he's now too old to play Rick Hunter. Because mm. Rick Hunter is a fucking teenager. Yeah. Um, and uh, Colin Masek was saying is that, uh, you know, I went to these guys and, um, you know, I, I offered my expertise. and uh, They told him to fuck off, They right? told me to fuck off, exactly right. So I think we told this story about three years ago. Did we? Yeah, I think so. Oh, well. Back when it was the first... News came around because they've had writers attacked yes, all yes, the time. Yes. This, this, this thing has come back quite a few times. The reason why this is back in the news now is because this is the first time they've actually started talking to a director. That's right. That's right. Um, so, in 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 lieu of all of that, the fact that they the fact that they did not want Carl Masek involved does not bode well for the film. No, it's like oh, we're going to make episode seven. George Lucas, fuck off. Well, that'd be a good idea. Exactly right. But at least honor him enough to get his input and then throw in the bin after he's left. Yeah. After he feels good about himself. Yeah. This is like we don't want your input at all, even though you are the one responsible for Robotech. Yeah. Robotech would Robotech as we know it would not exist if it wasn't for Carl Masek. Hmm. So I just think it's interesting that like you know that that's that suddenly there's this whole interest in it simply because of and Pacific Rim is getting a lot of a lot of credit for this. Mm-hmm. They're saying that the main reason that uh, Warner Brothers is suddenly gone... Not Transformers? No. Really? Funnily enough. It's going to have something. But then again, Pacific Rim looks like Transformers. It looks like Transformers, you know, versus Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, But for some weird reason, they they are... uh, uh, Warner Brothers is crediting Pacific Rim, the the interest in Pacific Rim for them having an interest in reviving Robotech. And I think that's particularly interesting. So there's now talks with a, a, a commercials director, Nick... Nick Matthew. Matthew. And there is... A Hollywood Reporter had a thing on... You know, also on the sidebar. They had an ad to, for a TV mm-hmm. that he directed. And it was basically... It looked a lot like the trailer for Oblivion. There's a lot of shit flying through space. Right, right, right. And it looked kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But the trailer is that the, 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 the ship explodes and it pulls back and the pilot is the dad sitting at home watching TV saying, I told you the scene was cool. And that's like, Zenith 3D TVs. But, I mean, it looks... It looks cool. There's a lot of lens flare. No, I mean, there's a lot of good commercial directors out there, but... You know, and, and as uh, the experience with uh, Universal's 47 Ronin has, has confirmed, it's like sometimes commercial directors, you know, to go from handling 30 seconds to handling yeah. two and a half hours of, of epic shit, and you don't get more They're not epic, all the director of District 9. You don't, get, you don't get more epic than Robotech. No. If this movie happens, this movie is going to be ridiculously epic. Yeah. The special effects budget is going to be insane. I mean, even even if you are not a fan of the series, go back and watch the series. The first episode alone would cost two hundred million dollars yeah. if it was live action, because it's crazy shit. Is that where the Zentradi first attack? Uh, or is that where the ship first transforms? That's when no, no. That's when the ship first transforms. Well, I mean, the ship first transforms after the Zentradi attack because because Rick Hunter gets stuck in this fucking ship and he doesn't know what to do with it. He doesn't realize that it turns into a robot. Yeah. Oh, he's in the plane. But I mean, the actual, the spaceship, the, the super dif- dimensional fortress macro. Oh, no, 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 no. That, that, that's much later. Ah, okay. That's much later. Because then a town gets stuck in it, right? Yeah, they get a town gets stuck. 
They warp out and they take Smallville with them. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. As it is with a lot of Japanese animation. I mean, uh, and I've seen some of the... If you're unfamiliar with Japanese animation, Japanese people are fucked in the head. Because I've it's, seen some of the later ones like that were like the kind of revivals. And in those ones... You know, it's not 50-50. It's like 80% love story and 3D virtual singers and all this kind of crap. And then maybe 20% flying in cool planes and having training and stuff. And a lot of standing on hillsides with the grass blowing beautifully in the wind. There's a tremendous amount of melodrama in all of these things. Uh, Maybe that's why they didn't want Carl Masek there. Yeah. (laughs) It's like we're spending $300 on this shit. We don't need another Pearl Harbor. Well, that's the thing. It kind of is Pearl Harbor. It is a, bit. a little bit. I mean, because like, it has that, it that love thing going through. It is. Well. I mean, it is very much a love triangle. And this is a series that spans hundreds, hundreds of episodes, as it is with a lot of Japanese anime. Yeah, they don't so, do a twenty-two, a twenty-two episode run. No, they don't. They don't. I mean, the shortest Japanese anime in is is Cowboy Bebop. It's no surprise that it happens to be one of the best. Yeah. Because they kept it to 25 eps. Yeah. And it's not just 25, it's more than a US series already. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, like, I am genuinely interested to see how this is, because just on a visual level, it's going to be insane. Yeah. Going back to a a regular feature, where our irregular feature, where Gavin and I like to reminisce about our time watching EastEnders. (laughs) I call it Ian Beale Watch. Um, remember last time we talked about Ian Beale Dave sent us a newspaper link where he said he was like so fucking happy about Ian Beale that even though he was a miserable character he, in these standards he got to pay for his house and it provided for his kids and shit yeah, well yeah. obviously someone saw that and decided some of the writing staff decided to just make his life shit because Ian Beale's now homeless <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a link up to these photos this poor actor is now living under the arches and he's just fucking so this is, this is Ian Beale not the actor this is not the actor it's the it's character Ian Beale. Oh, apparently shit. it's something about his brother is a killer he can't handle it so he becomes a homeless man you gotta love English soaps. I mean, they're just, they're, I mean, they're almost as crazy as we, Japanese we, ones. Add some transforming robots in there, and these standards would be awesome. We will put up these pictures so you can see. Uh, but then again, if you've never seen the show, you wouldn't give a fuck anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's, this, it's just, this is a self indulgent thing that Ian and I do because we both used to watch. British soaps quite a bit. I and if you're in a bad place in your life, watching EastEnders makes you just feel makes you feel so, so good about yourself. And most people in London are in horrible places in yeah. their life. And this guy, so his wife tried to, to see kill him. Shit. He owned the chippy. He couldn't make a go with the chippy. <laughs> he was always like the young wheeler. He's been in the show and he also, forever. And he also shot Phil Mitchell. Oh, he shot Phil Mitchell. He shot right. Phil Mitchell. <laughs> Man, he looks like shit. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> He's like, look at it. If you can see the photo, when you see the photo on the side, just look at his eyes. He's like, oh man, I really need that patio. Look at this bastard. <laughs> What's his real name? I don't know. <laughs> uh, we had it before, but uh, Adam Woodyard. Ah, that's right. That's right. Well, oh man. I mean, I don't know what else to say about this other than if you're an EastEnders fan. It's and, fucking and, funny. And if you haven't been watching EastEnders for a while, which I haven't. It's really funny to see what what the fuck is going on with Ian Beale. Yeah, <laughs> it's the, it's those it's the trick that those English soaps have of that. I haven't been home for two years. What I went home at Christmas. I turned the TV was on. EastEnders what, what was on. The, what was the name of the chick that was married to 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 Martin Kemp that used to be with Ian Beale? Is it Tasman something? Tasman Edgerton or Tasman Greg? Or Tasman Greg. Tasman. Oh, it's not Tasman Greg. Tasman Greg is the chick from Black. It's Paula. No, it's Paula. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. But this is the point. You watch these shows. Two years two years I have been home, home over Christmas, you turn on the TV, and there's someone in there from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and the, today, and there's new people, and they just suck you back in. 
There are people. There, I mean, like there are people who have been on the show since day one. Mm. They've been playing these characters for more years than they've been alive. Ian Beale's been on the show for like since he was sixteen or something, right? It's fucking ridiculous, I know. man. It's ridiculous. Back to movie news. Yeah. Um, were you in UK at the time of Frank Sidebottom? Uh, no. You never encountered that. No, one? no. Because this is freaking me out. Um, Frank Sidebottom was this weird uh, character. Uh, I think the, the actor, the guy who did it was called Chris Seavey, who tried to have a rock career, didn't work out. I know Chris Seavey. And um, so he got a giant papier-mâché head, stuck it over his head, and started singing f- songs as Frank Sidebottom, that guy. Yeah. You oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, 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 I see. I remember that. So he's been, he was doing this thing, and in the 90s, he was on like The Word, and he was on a few chat shows, and he was on quiz shows. He'd have a quick question of the week, and he'd always have a little... A little um, uh, uh, what do you call that? Those little tiny guitars? A ukulele. A ukulele. Yeah. And he'd have a little small version of him called Little Frank, and he talked to Little Frank, and he talked in a really weird accent. And it wasn't... Apart from the fact that it was fucking spine-chillingly weird, it was all very safe comedy. Mm-hmm. And he would just crop up on the Fantasy Football Club, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you, who, who would you get to play him in a movie of his life? Um, fuck. I don't Again, know. bear in mind, this is a guy who has only ever been seen with a paper mache giant weird Betty Boop head over his head. Um, he looks like Stewie from Family Guy. Looks like, yeah, you know, no, 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 no I, rem- I, I recognize the visual. Fuck, I have no idea. It's Michael Fassbender. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Michael Fassbender, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Brendan Gleeson's son, um, mm, uh, Donald Gleeson, have all been classed. And it's uh, John Ronson who wrote the book, The Men Who Stare Goats. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book about getting to know Frank and stuff like that. So, the, the movie's called Frank. They're shooting at the moment in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael Fassbender is playing the man in the paper mache mask. Mm-hmm. And Maggie Gyllenhaal is his crazy wife. And Donald Gleeson is playing the John Ronson character who gets to know them. Right. The weirdest thing of all this is that, I mean, it's pretty fucking clear. There's no way you can disguise the fact what this is based upon. Yeah. But they've done the hat wrong. They've done the face wrong. The face is wrong. He doesn't have those weird, boot pouty ah, lips. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah. the eyes are, are different. So it's like, I mean, trying to avoid... Maybe this is to appeal to the international market. Maybe, but I mean, it's fucking freaky anyway. And I'm not sure if Fassbender ever takes the hat off. Yeah. But there's been a few shots of it. It's definitely him playing it, so... Well, I mean, if there's, if there's any way to just automatically make your movie cool, just put Michael Fassbender. Yeah. So... And have him speak some German. There you go. And, you know... Get, get his dick out or something. <laughs> Still haven't seen Shane. No, me neither. Mm. I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> For my self esteem. You're scared of the fast bender. <laughs> I hear he's huge. <laughs> and I'm half Chinese. So, yeah, I don't want to see it. Yeah. <sighs> uh, anyway, reviving another old uh, feature, we have Teachers of the Week. Oh, yeah. But uh, this week, it's <laughs> Cardigan of the Week. I really want this. So, I, I hate the fact that it's so expensive. Yeah, so uh, 80stees.com revamped their site recently, and I had a quick look, and the, oh, the first image that approached me was I think this the is, dude's sweater from The Big Lebowski. I know, I know. This is amazing. Yeah. It looks exactly like the dude's sweater from The Big Lebowski. It's cleaner. It's a bit cleaner. <laughs> it's a bit cleaner. It's got less bonk stains on it. Yeah. You know, but I really want this. It, yeah. co- it costs 200 US yeah. for a fucking Cardi. Yeah. <laughs> and we live in Malaysia. You never get to fucking wear it. You know what I mean? Except like, the cinema. Shit, I hear it's cold in, in the States right now. Maybe yeah. I should just fucking go there. <laughs> <laughs> just for the hell of it. Just, just, to, just, to, just so the jacket pays for itself. You know, for those and of just you... Just go into... What is it? Not Applebee's. What was the name of the shop we went into when you sniffed the milk? Uh, 
Uh, Ralph's. Ralph's. Go Ralph's. Ralph's and sniff milk all day. Which we did do. And pay for the milk with a check. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who are unaware, uh, The Big Lebowski is one of the funniest movies ever made. It was the movie that the Coen brothers made immediately after Fargo. Yeah. And um, it, it died a horrible death at the box office, but has since... Taken on a life of its own on had, DVD and video. Had, yes, has since become a cult classic, and deservedly so. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I've seen a lot of cult, like, supposedly really funny cult classics and not found them funny. Mm. This is genuinely funny. Yeah. This movie is hilarious, and it has become very much a part of uh, pop culture. Yeah, yeah. You know, not just the dude, but also John Goodman's character, Walter, all of the characters in it. All Donnie. The, no, shut the fuck up, Donnie. You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's, it's like the John, best, like John, the best Coen Brothers movies. It's ridiculously quotable. Yes. John Turturro is Jesus. Jesus, you know, fuck with the Jesus. <laughs> no, he actually calls himself Jesus. Is it Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus? You Jesus. said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. You know, and Sam Elliott is the stranger. You know, I mean, like a I like uh, sarsaparilla. Is that a good sarsaparilla? Yeah, it's a good one. Mm. Uh, it's no, I mean, it's it's an amazing film, and this is the cardigan sweater that fucking uh, Jeff Bridges as the dude wears throughout the entire film. Yeah, and I want it. Yeah. My only concern is I gotta check the size. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. It's swimming on him, so you just need to get one that's swimming on you. It's like two hundred bucks is a lot of money to spend for something that doesn't fit you. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna bullshit. I am getting this. Oh yeah, I I am, sooner or later it will soon, be mine. It will be mine. <laughs> oh yes, because I've been looking for this. <laughs> <laughs> I have been looking for it. The only downside is that when you eventually go to Lebowski Fest, everyone will be wearing one now. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, you're still. <laughs> Shit, man. I really want to go to Lebowski Fest. <laughs> I think we've mentioned on the cast before, but Lebowski Fest is in... Is it Athens? No. No, no, I mean... It, they do it in LA? No, there's a couple of them. They, no, they, uh, they do it in different cities. But there's one, there was an official one, first the, of all. The main one, uh, I believe, started in Indiana. Okay. I think. I could be wrong. It's, and they just go to a bowling alley... They they rent out some big fucking space and it's it's like a it's like a two day affair a three day affair or something and basically you go dressed as your favorite Lebowski character and over the years people have gotten really creative they don't just go as their favorite character they go as little props yeah the, like, like like some people go as like the milk carton that yeah. has a, that has that, <laughs> the fucking missing <laughs> uh, bunny but you know like a missing the missing bunny picture someone went as the toe one year right as well yeah yeah someone went as the toe I mean like they go as weird fucking characters you know. <laughs> They go as though like the Vikings in the dude's dream. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I've got that. I've never seen pictures. Or they of go them. dressed as flea. You know, what I mean, like they they go. There's, but that's just it about the big Lebowski. Dressed as a nihilist. We believe in nothing, Lebowski. Nice. And we'll come back and we'll cut off your Johnson. <laughs> you know, but it's it's one of those movies that just is that genius that there's so many different facets of it for you to draw inspiration from. Yeah. You know, shit. I like invest money in a wheelchair and go as Jeffrey Lebowski. Yeah. You know. Get a fat suit. <laughs> the bums will always lose. You hear me? The bums will always lose. So yeah, I'm getting this jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put a link up on the uh, site for it and uh, see if we can get some money from affiliate purchases. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of purchases, uh, so we haven't seen Django yet. No. Looking forward to it, but already it's well, it was causing controversy anyway. But it's ridiculous excessive, excessive use of the word uh, nigger. Yeah. Yes. You said it, not I. Um, but also now there was a, a line of toys was released. Well, and these aren't action figures. They are dolls. They have clothes yeah. and everything. And um, I'm actually very upset about this. These toys have never been... It's NECA, right? 
Yeah, I think it's NECA. They've uh, people went ape shit online. Um, they've withdrawn the toys, and eBay have also they're now not allowing people to sell them, which is like great. You've got this awesome, ridiculously limited edition, and now you can't fucking sell it. I'm 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 actually really really upset about this yeah. because when these toys were released, when they were available for pre-order, I ordered the entire set. Oh really? Yes. And what? They cancelled it. They got an email saying they cancelled. I ordered the entire set, and then. I cancelled my order. Oh no. Because it was very expensive. Yes. And it was very expensive. But nowhere near as expensive as they are now. Was it her and Doris? What? No, 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 no. <laughs> this was my own, my, own, my own decision. It wasn't an executive order. This would have been 200 US for, for, six, for six fucking dolls. Yeah, and you need that money for a sweater. You know, exactly. <laughs> At least you can wear a sweater. I had no idea. You can't wear the doll toys, I had you're no not that I, small. I had no idea they were going to be that hard to find. <laughs> but they're now worth a thousand dollars. Each or some <laughs> shit, you know. I mean, it's like, what the fuck? Just because, just because they're considered racist, and there's nothing racist about them. No, well, I mean, the one of Stephen. I mean, just that. that no, character. there's nothing racist about these toys. I've seen a bit of what Samuel L. Jackson does in that movie, and Jesus fucking Christ, there's never been a more racist thing on TV or movies ever. No, but these are toys. I know. <laughs> Come on, the f- you know, I mean. They're toys, <laughs> and they're not toys. You know, and the kids, and they're not toys of black people being strung up by the string and being whipped. Well, these I'm not sure. Fu- I'm not these sure are there fully, is. fully clothed, well, fully sure. clothed action. You know, like they're fully clothed dolls. The picture I have is just one of each of the characters, but I'm not sure. You know, like the Batman line of toys. There's like they they, they made more Batmans and villains. Maybe there is Slave Django, whipped Django, whipped Brumhilda. Racist Steven. Well, I, I, I am, and I, I own I mean, town. I mean, I mean, like you know, it's not my place to say. I mean, like as as any black person will tell me, I should shut the fuck up because yeah. I'm not black. You know, but looking at it, I hear Spike Lee's got beef with you. Spike Lee's got a beef <laughs> with everybody. With everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Antoine Fuqua's got my back. You know, yeah. but I'm looking at this, and I don't see anything racist about this. Yeah, well, they're just what? toys. They're just fucking toys. It's the association that's the problem. Yeah, well, you know, I haven't seen the movie yet, so yeah. what the fuck, man? Shit. Why are you making me regret my non-purchase? Yeah. It's going to haunt you to your grave, isn't Shit. it? Shit, you know, but now they've, you know, now, I mean, like, who am I going to sell it to? I mean, like, even, I can't sell it over eBay. You'd be lying on your deathbed and just be I can sell Django. It to, I can sell it to a bunch of Chinese people who don't care about racism. <laughs> anyway, no, I heard about this. I was very, very upset. Yeah. Because... Because I actually put the fucking pre-order in. <laughs> so you would have had them. I would have had them. <sighs> I would have had them. I never in a million years thought that they would they would be recalled for racism. Because I looked at them and I didn't think. Oh man. So you know what? I don't give a fuck who who's being really sensitive about it. I'm really pissed off. I don't have these toys. So yeah, next story. Next story. I'd like to talk about something, like just moving slightly off topic, because I found this is pretty interesting, and a lot of people are giving him shit about it that I don't think is really fair. It's like Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. The Rock. Yep. Uh, who is, you know, I'll see any movie he's in. I still haven't seen Adventure Island. Is yeah, it? I saw it. It was good? On the plane. It was good? It's a plane movie. I know. Okay. It was not so bad, the fact that Josh Hutchinson is the most annoying son of a bitch on the face of the earth. How was the Dwayne Johnson nipple dance? Oh, the Dwayne Johnson nipple dance was as effective as it was in the trailer. Mm. Yeah, very mm. effective. <laughs> it made me see the movie. <laughs> Were you laughing like a drain on the plane? Actually, no. I mean, like, it wasn't, you know, I mean, it was one of those movies that just towed the line of being acceptable entertainment. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, there was nothing fantastic about it. There was nothing, 
There's one notch above dribble. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, it's a perfect airplane movie. Yeah. It's no Dean Spanley, let's no. put it that way. <laughs> Dean Spanley is, like, the benchmark of every airplane film. That and how to make an American quilt. <laughs> Fuck. Off. <laughs> Uh, but Dwayne Johnson has um, uh, committed to uh, producing and possibly starring um, in a new line cinema movie fantasy film uh, that's the tentative title is called uh, Teddy Bear. Yeah. And uh, where this whole where this whole idea came from is um, is it came from this a, a drawing called Sweet Halloween Dreams by an artist called Alex Panagopoulos, um, and I've seen this drawing. Yeah. And the, I'll put a link up to it in the post. The drawing itself is what makes me excited about the movie because yeah. it's it's a drawing of uh, of paint me a visual picture. It's you know it's it's this little girl who's asleep, and and uh, just ha- and 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 over the girl is this insanely looking xenomorphic looking motherfucker, vicious looking alien that wants to eat this fucking girl. And the only thing that's standing between this fucking vicious alien, this girl, is a teddy bear holding a, teddy bear. a little tiny teddy bear holding a wooden sword. Yeah, that looks awesome. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, you know, like a lot of people, like uh, some people have been giving him shit, like saying, "Oh, he's returning to his family movie roots. He, it, it's Tooth Fairy too." This could go R-rated. Nothing about if, if Ted's in it. Nothing about. I mean, this looks like a grim fairy tale. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm looking at this artwork and I'm like, if the movie is anything like this artwork... It's going to be amazing. Even if it is PG-13, even if it does have a happy family ending, I don't give a fuck. Just to see a teddy bear with a wooden sword fight a xenomorph or something that looks like a xenomorph... For Andy or whatever. I'm down with that shit. Yeah. It's, it's Toy Story versus Aliens. How can you not want to see that? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the talkbacks for these posts, though? I, I'm not sure where you saw it, but once that I saw it on, they were posting to... There is a comic book that is very, very like that. There's a couple of there's a couple of them already apparently. Oh really? Yeah. So it's like I mean it's great. Probably it's easier to get the rights to it. I didn't know because it was on DeviantArt, which is just like you know teenagers scrolling. Uh, I didn't know about that. I mean it's just like just this whole idea of that know, image alone looks it looks really and it's it's, it's black and white mostly and especially there's like bits of red and the bears in color I think right. The yeah, yeah, looks yeah, all gray yeah, and yeah, scale. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really nice. Just though. slightly. I mean, and, and to me that's genius. And and I've wanted to see like a serious teddy bear movie ever since I watched AI. Yeah. Remember that? Remember that fucking teddy bear? Like the, his his friend? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, hello, David. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, it was the best thing about that movie. It's a fucking noise. It's Chinatown, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you seen Ted yet? You saw Ted. Yes, right? I've seen Ted. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Teddy technology has reached the point we could. Do it, it has. You could. You could do it. We have the technology. You know, Ted versus aliens. Yeah. I'll watch that. Who wouldn't watch that? I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, right. It's box office gold. I mean, you gotta be like, you gotta be like some soul crushed motherfucker. Yeah. To not want to watch Ted versus Aliens. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, another bit of news: Damon Lindelof, Lindelof's added it fucking again, teasing shit this time with Brad Bird. Oh shit! He's not the screenwriter for 1952, is he? Uh, yeah. Or he's involved. This guy needs to just go away. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I mean, this magic box thing is getting. I mean, I'm not looking forward to the publicity from fucking Star Wars. It's going to be holocrons all over the fucking place and fucking treasure hunts and all sorts of crap. I just want a trailer. And um, essentially, what they're playing at now is uh, what was Brad Bird directed? The Incredibles and um, Mission Impossible Four. Mission Impossible Four, which was amazing. But I still haven't watched that. It's really good. George Clooney's involved in this movie. Yeah, which which I like. Al Wallace is directing 1906, which is the big Earthquake movie. Yeah. Who is? Brad Bird. 
Brad Bird's directing 1906. I think he's directing 1906. I haven't heard about this. Because this is he's, he's having two yearly movies, two year name movies as his two top two credits on IMDb. When did this come up? Um, he's been talking about it for he's been talking about it for ages. He wants to do a big live action fucking crazy ass motherfucking. 1906 San Francisco Great Earthquake movie Motherfucker Just do a live action version Of Iron Giant For God's sake Superman <laughs> You haven't seen Iron Giant Watch that shit Yeah it's very good um, So eventually They said Defenders Box In the Disney archives Bullshit um, And they're teasing What it is Now Bleeding Cool Basically first of all The box is just A whole lot of old shit There's some doctored photos Of Walt Disney Standing beside Amelia Earhart And a few other bits and pieces Yeah 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 The other things That people have identified Are um, part one of E. Smith and Lee Hawkins Skylark of Space so that was like the Lensman books which is kind of like a Book Rogers thingy um, Joe Clyder's The Head is in there H.G. Wells' The Moth one of Henry Hugh Simmons Hicks Inventions with a Kick and Philip Francis Nolan's Armageddon 2149 which is the first appearance of what later became Book Rogers now people are thinking this could be a Book Rogers movie but BleedingCool.com thinks this could be a Rocketeer movie a Rocketeer? yeah and very much like Dwayne Johnson's teddy bear movie I would fucking love some Rocketeer right now or ever I just that movie I love that fucking movie I want more of that movie all the time uh, Rocketeer is awesome yeah Rocketeer is fantastic so we can look forward to plenty more bloody teasing on this for the next while people are already going off the deep end and you know examining every aspect of these two photos these fuckers tweeted so it was like, I'm, I'm very happy that George Clooney is involved in this I think George Clooney and Brad Bird is an amazing collaboration yeah <laughs> so uh, they're saying there's some teenagers cast and stuff like that so maybe it's not but everything skews young these days so a younger rocketeer I don't care not, I've, I've, you want the dude's jack, the, the dude's um, zip up the cardigan yeah I've, I want the fucking rocketeer's jacket like nobody's business yeah, the leather coat with I mean, the fucking see, buttons. Like, unfortunately, I mean, like, uh, unfortunately for you, it's like at least the dude's jacket. I can wear that shit. Mm. You can't wear the rocketeer jacket. Not in Malaysia. <laughs> you can't wear it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, like a blue, wear it to the Blue Oyster Club. I'll, that's about I'll, it. I'll just look like a stoner wearing the dude's jacket. You know, you no know, business as usual for me. You know. So, but what about you? You well, know, I'll wear the helmet as well. You wear. The, uh, well, <laughs> that changes everything. Hey, look, it's the rocketeer. It's not even looking like a dork. <laughs> Like, what's going on with the remake bro? <laughs> I'll just stand like this all the time with my you know that classic pose <laughs> I love me some Rocketeer man <sighs> next oh yeah did you hear that uh, they're gonna be there's gonna be a Crouching Tiger sequel yes I did like this did, is, you, did like, you see the name of it no I didn't see the name of it because it's called like Silver Vase White Knight or some shit like Silver that. Silver Vase, Iron Knight. Iron Knight, yeah. The thing that took my attention was that it's going to be directed by Ronnie Yu. Yeah. Who directed fucking Bride of Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> and Jennifer Tilly's a shoo-in. And Freddy vs. Jason. And The 51st State. This is not Ang The movie either. that had Samuel L. Jackson in a kilt. That's a fucking good movie. I like that movie. Yeah? Actually, you know what? I like all three of these movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're no Crouching Tiger but, here, the fucking dragon. But none of these movies suggest Ang Lee replacement. No. <laughs> Maybe they're thinking Hulk Ang Lee as opposed to Life of Pi Ang Lee. Have you seen that yet? Life of Pi, not Hulk. Uh, no, I haven't seen Life of Pi yet. Mm. Uh, Catch it while it's still in 3D, kids. It's not. We've tried. I've tried. Looking. Oh, you couldn't get it in 3D. No, no, no. Oh, you can never watch that movie. Then. No, it's available on. It's available uh, on the big screen, but not in 3D. Uh, burn. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, except for uh, the girls. 
I didn't like Michelle Yeoh and I didn't like fucking what's her name? Zhang Ziyi. Zhang Ziyi, yeah, yeah. She's she always annoys me. The ending pissed me off. Every time I look at her face, she just looks like she's asking for like like a really expensive handbag, and I just want to <laughs> I just want to fucking kick her ass. I have that, I have the English dub of that movie on VHS. I've never been so disappointed with a Christmas present in my life. You know what? You know what? Ang Lee has really bad luck with English dubs. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking have, terrible. Have you seen the English dub of Eat, Drink, Man, Woman? No, I haven't seen Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. It's horrible. Is it? It's like, oh, this is good. <laughs> Wanna fight? Oh, fight me. The soup. The soup is good. <laughs> it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Start talking Taiwanese. Sounds straight. I always preferred Crouch, uh, House of no, it, I, I preferred House of, House of Flying Daggers just no, the, the, the effects were more crazy no but the whole thing with Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon there was something very noble about that film yeah the moment you do a it's sequel, not a chop Saki movie it's yeah. a fucking love story with some sword fights it's like this is this is this is Ang Lee like going it's like you know it's like shit I'm, I'm you know this is me masturbating over martial arts yeah but also you know, like, keeping bit. that romantic side of me alive exactly exactly right exactly right you know and sometimes it sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't no. Hulk you know but uh, there's something about this that it just sort of cheapens Crouching Tiger Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon yeah. because the Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon was, was you know it was a one-off it was one of those movies that it was like lightning in a bottle that came yeah. out of nowhere no one had seen it before when I say no one had seen it before I mean no white in the people West. I mean white people I hadn't seen it before <laughs> You know, and everyone's like going, oh, 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 it's the greatest movie ever. Sword fights and plot. Oh, shit. (laughs) And people walking on trees. Oh, what's going on here? You know, and to do it again, a sequel, I I, I don't know. I just don't see it working. Although, I didn't realize it was based on a book. Um, And it was book four of like a five book series or something like that, which is weird. I mean, is the book just like, they fight? <laughs> I'm always wondering about that. No, they fight on trees. We'll get to that on Pitch Perfect as well, because Pitch Perfect's based on a book. I don't know how a fucking movie about acapella singing works as a book. They sing. It's like The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I didn't know it was based on a series of books. Yeah. But even then, it's too late. Yeah. It's been a long fucking time. It's been a long and, time. And this movie has sort of gone into... The realm—it's it, it sort of passed over into the. It's realm. classic now. It's become a classic. Yeah. It's become—it's become a, a legendary film. No matter what you're doing, you're pissing on a classic. You know, it was—it was like uh, when they decided to do a sequel to the Odd Couple. Mm. You know, at, years later, after after the first Odd Couple has become something. You know, it's become this beloved classic. What's it called? The Odd Couple Two. Oh, <laughs> Otter. The Otter Couple. Yeah. Odd Hard. The only thing it had going for it is that they got the Odd Couple back. Yeah. You know, and at that point, those two guys were too old to give a shit anyway. Yeah. So it didn't matter. And then they grumpy old men and grumpy old men too. Grumpier, grumpier, grumpier old, old man. Grumpier old man. Actually, you know what? I will defend the grumpy old. Men. <laughs> <laughs> the grumpy old men movies were fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but that was you know, but that was the beginning of um, you know, I mean, prior to that, that didn't you know, like that sort of humor wasn't very prevalent. Mm. That whole idea of getting these two old curmudgeons. You know, like a, you know, duking it out, and a lot of people forgot how much they loved Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Yeah, you know, and those two guys were amazing. I'm the deep, last scene of the making of Ted Palin One Two Three. Yeah, that that amazing that look, little look, that on, little look on Walter Matthau's face. Absolutely genius, fucking genius. But Walter Matthau was just an amazing actor. I mean, just insane. The, his ability to both both of uh, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon to be hangdog. Both of their ability to be in every conceivable genre and yeah. to fit was just amazing because someone who looks like Walter Matthau now yeah you're would, not getting her you're, you're, would, would just be in comedy yeah or voice just, acting yeah you know but just an amazing actor 
Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so we also got a picture I put up of uh, I've forgotten. It's Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, the first still from the Fifth Estate, which was the untitled uh, Julian Assange movie. WikiLeaks movie. WikiLeaks movie. The WikiLeaks movie. Yes, Wiki exactly. Links. And he does look a lot like him, but he's also in everything now. So this is going to get tiring soon. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's gonna—is he gonna be in fucking Star Wars? Is Chris Pine gonna be in Star Wars as fucking Luke Skywalker's son? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> shit! I never. Thought <laughs> he likes to reuse people, doesn't I he? Never, I never thought about that. Oh no! Shit! I wonder if uh, I wonder if uh, Pacey's gonna get some Star Wars love. He's hoping. Oh, and if he can wear a peacoat. If he's like Han Solo's son, that would make sense actually. John Noble would be fucking awesome in Star Wars. <laughs> and a tour would be great as Leia's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> What is Jason? Is it J- Jason and Gina Solo? They got to They got to They got to ditch that shit from the box. It's like, and what's 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 Luke's name? Luke's kid's name? It's Anakin. It's fucking Anakin, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Way to fucking make just, that kid crazy. Just, JJ, if you by chance, if you listen to this shit, don't just, read the expanded universe. Bring back Boba Fett, but fuck the rest of it. Just read Dark Empire. Mm, I want to see Boba Fett as an old man. Boba Fett is not an old. Oh no, he did crawl out of there. Of course he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't beat Boba Fett with a Sarlacc pit. You can drop a building on that motherfucker, he'll survive. For those, He's got a jetpack. For those of you who don't know, if you go by the comic books, Boba Fett survived uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> and Chewbacca died somewhere. Yeah. So it, 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 he di- No, Chewbacca died sacrificing himself to save his fellow man. Really? Yeah. He's not a man. Yeah, but to save like Han Solo and Han Solo's kids and all that. What that, a that's, how, that's how Chewbacca died. What a Wookiee. What a Wookiee! <laughs> Chewbacca! <laughs> when I was at home over Christmas, I did find uh, my a friend of mine gave me like a the, the, the Clerks soundtrack mm-hmm. on tape mm-hmm. on like you know with handcrafted um, you know track listing. Yeah. You mean handwritten? Hand, yeah, but like it was handwritten, <laughs> but like it was drawn in a nice artistic. I was an I was, was going to buy an artist friend of mine, but yeah, what a Wookie! It's, it's like Berserker, great album. But yeah, it's an interesting photo, and he, he does look a lot like uh, Julian Assange. I don't know who the other guy is though. He looks familiar. It's not Wes Bentley, and it's not Tobey Maguire, but it looks like both of them combined into one. It's Daniel Bruhl. Is it? Yeah. Okay. He's the Daniel? guy who's up acting opposite Chris Hemsworth in Rush. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. What a Wookiee! <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of tiger, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragons, uh, we, did you see this? Because these were taken down, so I'm not sure whether they are... They're not official. Oh, they weren't official? No, no, I mean, they, they were official. But not uh, official yet. Not fi- because uh, this we're talking about 47 Ronin, the... Um, Keanu Reeves. The Keanu Reeves Samurai movie. Uh, that's that. It's 47 Ronin is a classic Japanese folklore uh, tale. tale. Uh, and it's also a classic Hollywood trouble production. Yes, yes. Um, and um, the mo- this this is a film that was supposed. I mean, Forty Seven Road is a story of a group of a uh, group of samurai um, who go rogue after their master is killed. Their, after their master is killed, and they basically go to avenge their master's death. Uh, but in order to do that, they have to become criminals themselves mm-hmm. uh, because you know, hence Ronin. Um, now the whole idea behind this is that they wanted to do a more fantastical take on it. Uh, the the press release for Forty Seven Ronin is, is that it is that it combined it combined the whole Forty Seven Ronin cla- uh, classic story with elements of Miyazaki. Okay, um, which to me sounds awesome. Hang on, Miyazaki? <laughs> yeah, Miyazaki. Like the landscapes of Miyazaki. Miyazaki. The- 
the guy hey, hey, the, the Ghibli like, Studio Ghibli guy yeah okay I was, I was, I was thinking more of um, Potashiro Mifune the guy who does the, the original like I still, yeah, that's yeah. A, once we finish watching Wild West movies I think we're going to watch the old Japanese Ronin movies yeah yeah no no, no. They, 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 they were using that as a foundation who is it who was the guy who did like the Hidden Fortress and Seven Samurai and Mifune Mifune was yeah. that the director Mifune was the actor wasn't he uh, Mifuni and um, uh, Kurosawa. Kurosawa, that's yeah. Right. Yes. Um, and so basically, th- this this uh, movie, Forty Seven Ronin, was supposed to be a combination of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Ronin, of uh, Kurosawa and and um, Miyazaki, huh. which sounds amazing. Yes. You know, like <laughs> when you think about it, I mean, it sounds truly amazing. And they hired Carl Rinks to direct this. Mm. Carl Rinks is a commercial director. And his commercials are amazing. His commercials are amazing. Yeah. They have won awards all over the world. Might I have seen any of these? Uh, possibly. Car- uh, we'll talk about them later. Okay. Uh, Car- Karl is also, 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 he's also Ridley Scott's uh, protege. Oh. This is the guy that Ridley Scott took under his wing and taught him how to do shit. Oh. And he was supposed to direct Prometheus. Oh. Carl Rinsk was the first choice to direct Prometheus. He chose this over Prometheus. Wow. So studios were already f- bidding for this guy. Yeah, yeah. So his test reel must have looked fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the news here is that some shit was released. It's only available on Facebook now, but most uh, the big, big websites like io9 took it down at the concept artists. Yeah. Uh, big Bas- basically, since then, it's been, it's, it's, it's been proven that Carl Rinsk, however the fuck you pronounce his last name, was not ready to direct his, his first feature his first feature and there were a lot of issues there were a lot of reshoots there were a lot of um, arguments over the script saying that it didn't feature enough Keanu Reeves oh Keanu Reeves um, when you got 47 main characters you got a bit of a problem yeah I mean it's hard enough with 13 dwarves yeah uh, Keanu Reeves is playing Kai who is um, basically half English half Japanese okay which is not that far removed from his actual heritage He's half English, half Hawaiian? half Chinese. Oh, Chinese. He's half he's he's quarter English, quarter Hawaiian, half Chinese. Um, and a whole lot of crazy. And a whole lot of crazy. <laughs> and a whole lot of woe. Uh, now there, this movie has been delayed a number of times. It mm-hmm. was supposed to come out November last year. The, yeah, the poster says the epic journey begins 2012. Yeah, it was supposed to come out uh, November last year, and then it was. Uh, delayed to February this year, and then it was delayed again to Christmas this year. Yeah, and That's so a, they quite had, a hefty delay. Is quite, it doing reshoots or is it just for effects and stuff? They they say it is mainly because of effects, mm. and uh, they have said that the marketing team basically had already started their their push, mm. and they had released a whole bunch of uh, posters that were uh, going to be released had the movie been ready to come out. When they said it was going to come out, I only saw this one. I didn't see the others. Um, this one's the one we're looking at. I'll post a link to it. Is like it's very painterly. It looks cool. You can see the actors' faces, but they all look brush stroked. It's nice. I like it. I actually really like this poster. Yeah, it looks good on your wall. You know, it looks cool. Yeah. Uh, there, there are quite a there are a few other posters. There's a total of like nine or ten posters. Oh, the other ones like. Um, I would say most of them look cool. There were like two or three that looked a little fucked. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, I'm, I'm digging the look of the film. It's hard to dig anything more because, as you know, when a movie gets delayed this many times, it's usually not a good sign. It's G.I. Joe 2 all over again. Yeah. 
personally, I really want this movie to be good because I really love a good samurai movie. Yeah. It actually has nothing to do with Keanu Reeves anymore. I just happen to really like a good samurai movie. And I also really like the story of the 47 Ronin. Mm. The 47 Ronin story is a very revered story in Japan. You don't fuck with this story. I mm. mean, Japanese people are very protective over this story. Yeah. So that could also be a reason for the for the delays. What was the beat Takashi one where he's the blind swordsman? Uh, the last... No, no. Um... Shit. The, the Twilight. Sa- no, 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 not Twilight. Oh, fuck. It was badass, though. Yeah, no, it was really good. I know the one you mean. Yeah, I think that's the last proper samurai movie I watched. Which is a while ago. Oh, shit. I gotta do it. <laughs> you gotta do it. It's great radio. And they're off. Was it Zatoichi? Zatoichi, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. <laughs> Nicely done. I was going to Google Zatoichi. And I realized, wait, 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 that's the title of the movie. I think that was one of the last movies I saw in the uh, Irish Film Center in Dublin. It was like. That was a good movie. And uh, Takashi Miike, after that, did another great samurai movie called 13 13 Assassins. Assassins, Which was also a really amazing film. So, you know, I mean, there have been a lot of really good samurai movies, but I mean, to me, I just want Hollywood to rub the taste out of, uh, rub the last samurai taste out of my mouth. Yeah. Not that I think it's a bad movie. I think it's actually a pretty decent movie. But it's a ninja movie, or a samurai movie starring Tom Cruise. Yeah, exactly so. right. No, it's basically it's a Tom Cruise it's a Tom Cruise movie starring samurais. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what I love about the the creative decision that's gone into Forty Seven Ronin is that, with the exception of Keanu Reeves, all of these guys are amazing, very established Japanese actors. Sweet. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that. So, well, I hope they get it right. I was hoping so I'll find out at Christmas <laughs> if it gets delayed again though I think we're fucked yeah uh, so old news I had bookmarked here for a while ago uh, although can I just say I loved Keanu Reeves his his explanation for the delays what was that it's like well you know it's it's an epic movie man and uh, it deals with some really huge things and it's about love and honor and revenge and those things take, take time and care hmm so they're taking time and care <laughs> nice I mean that's a very measured answer fair dues Cam fair dues he's got to be sweating balls because this is his comeback yeah <laughs> so uh, it was news a while like, ago shit why couldn't I have just done Cowboy Bebop <laughs> there was a news on Vulture that they're trying to get Warner Brothers uh, Warner Brothers are apparently trying to get Spielberg to sign off and let them do another Gremlins movie yeah, just leave it alone, do you think? <laughs> I don't want to see another Gremlins movie. Uh, well, apparently the, the the problem has been that Joe Dandy wants to do it and do it physical, not CGI. We don't, and I think I don't want to see a CGI Gremlin. I mean, that's got to be some next gen shit if they're going to pull that shit off. I don't want to see another Gremlins movie. You're happy enough with the first two? I was happy with the first one. Yeah, the second one wasn't that good. Ah, uh, it was all right. It was all right. I mean, it was it was fun. But Phoebe, Phoebe Cates talking about Easter was fucking hilarious. You know, because she's got her sad Christmas story, <laughs> and then she keeps going on about Easter's not a good time for her. <laughs> I, I mean, but okay, the merchandise. Uh, the merchandising uh, you know, options you know, are insane. You know what? You know what? I'm down with it if they bring back Zach Galligan and Phoebe Cates. Yes. I'm down with it if they do that. What's that Galligan news in these days? Fucking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a job. Yeah. The last movie I saw him in was a movie called like something like 
like Stairway to Heaven or Passage to Heaven, and he was sharing the screen with Corey Feldman. Oh wow! You know, which is never a good sign. <laughs> if if the year doesn't have an eight in it and it's uh, you're with Corey Feldman, you're in, you're in trouble. Although although I will say no Road to Heaven or some shit like that. Yeah. But I do remember that that movie cracked me up because it had this uh, this pseudo Italian guy just character assassinate this old Ita- this old Italian woman, mm-hmm. and for some strange reason. I mean, I was quite young when I saw it. So mm. It's like it just cracked me up because, <laughs> you know, you know, this 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 old sort of like I don't know even I don't even know, like Eastern European woman like just went up to this guy and like fuck you asshole <laughs> you know you know and then he that just pretty good and then he just immediately went off and her like commie dyke bitch <laughs> and I was like fifteen or sixteen when I saw this movie I was just on the floor laughing I just thought it was the funniest thing ever awesome. Humor's, humor's come a long way since Yeah, <laughs> yours in particular. You should mention this. Um, the new X-Men movie gets more and more torturous as it goes along. Um, they've now announced, Brent Singer announced that he's calling more of the old X-Men pack. Yeah, Anna Paquin, Ellen Page, Sean Ashmore, which basically means Rogue, Kitty Pride, and Iceman. I'm surprised at Ellen Page. Uh, well, she was the last one to play it. Yeah, no, I know, but I was surprised that they and got a, they're bringing her back. Like, I mean, she's, she's, she's more indie darling and stuff like that. And she's it? the most successful out of all of them. Yeah, so she w- she would have come back and done it. You know, shit. Never underestimate the power of a paycheck. Sean Ashmore was awesome in Warehouse 13. <laughs> I like Sean. I like Sean Ashmore. Yeah, he's good. I thought he's. I think he's a fucking good actor. Yeah, he was amazing in that episode of Fringe. <laughs> <laughs> No, he was really good in Frozen as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that. That's the one with the ski lift, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he was really good in that. Um, you know, I mean, one thing I do like about this is that it shows that they're trying their best to do Days of Futures Past for real. Yeah. You know, like this is like good. they're doing a Star Trek. They're yeah. going. To, they're honoring the past while beating a new path. And you could tell that he would have liked more people to have been in there, which yeah. is why Halberry said no. She's not receiving his calls. No, which is which is which is why, um, like. Um, Brian Singer tweeted to Brett Ratner as like it's like thanks for letting these fuckers live <laughs> I can use them in this movie yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. like <laughs> Frankie Johnson sitting at home waiting for the phone to call <laughs> you ain't gonna ring cause you died yeah <laughs> that's never stopped fucking Jean Grey before never never has but Mark Millar must be because don't forget this is under Mark Millar's management yeah yeah He's, he's, jo- he's the he's the he's the, he's Joss, the Fox Joss he's Whedon. the Joss Whedon of 20th Century Fox. So he's Fox Whedon. <laughs> so I mean, I am I am actually really excited about this movie. I, yeah. I would have been more excited if Matthew, just give me Sentinels if Matthew Vaughn had stuck around. Yeah, but just give me Sentinels. But I just can't wait to see some real Sentinels. Please, God, give us real Sentinels. I, I got very I got very annoyed with because Brett Ratner when, remember when Brett Ratner was directing The Last Stand he's like you're gonna see the fastball special yeah you're gonna see Sentinels and like no we didn't see Sentinels you saw Danger Room Sentinels yeah that's, a, that's, that's, not, the, that's an X-Men cocktail that's not the same no we saw we saw a decapitated Sentinel that's yeah. not the same fucking thing and the fastball special you could have done so much more with that yeah than what, than what you actually did it was so workmanlike plus his know? Christmas card was just fuck off douche yeah with the one of him dressed as fucking Wolverine standing yeah. beside the cast in outside Cerebro it's like you dipshit <laughs> actually Brett Ratner really hasn't helped himself no he hasn't he's just grinning like a fucking loon <laughs> I remember we that um finishing off the news I guess yeah um I'm always interested. I'm interested now, and I'm going to be following Ben Wheatley's career a lot. I haven't seen Down Terrace, but Kill List scared me for life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really looking forward to Sightseers. 
Yeah, that which that, looks amazing. That looks really funny. And um, this guy has decided to you know try and outpace Guillermo del Toro with the work, right? Mm-hmm. So he's got. Uh, I didn't realize that side series. He's apparently, like, the two actors were in side series. They had that act already, and he was just brought in as director to craft it. Well, also, which is awesome. Well, also the uh, the chick from Sightseers is the chick from uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Fuck, I haven't seen an awful lot of that, but what I've seen of like, and Richard Ayoade is in that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, so um, Sightseer has got really good reception, and he's been talking about a psychedelic period piece called A Field in England, which is I think about the time of um, Cromwell, and there's like some field, and these soldiers blunder into it, but it's like cursed or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got that's what sounds freaky, but now his work comes towards that he has three more projects in the way. The first is Freak Shift, um, 50 million American uh, film. So it's supposed to be like a con, John Carpenter adventure sci-fi creature feature. Isn't the it amazing? Second one he's doing. Uh-huh. Isn't it amazing that this this new crop of exciting filmmakers? What what I love most about them is not the fact. I mean, I mean, of course they are incredibly talented. But what I love about them is that they all come from our generation, hmm. and they're all trying to do movies that have been influenced by filmmakers that we love. Yeah, you know, like you got, you got John Ben Wheatley for Episode Eight. <laughs> Scar a generation of children. <laughs> this movie's fucked up. Uh, the second one is a dark time travel comedy thriller with Nick Frost, aka Mike from Space, and Michael Smiley, aka Tyrus from Space, yes. who is also in um, uh, the Kill List. List, and he's great in that. If you can understand what he's saying. Last night, <laughs> last night was a one to top ten post. Ecstasy bread. Uh, and the other one that's just been uncovered is a crime flick called Two for Hell and it's him and the uh, partner Amy Jump which is an awesome name who also wrote Kill List with him and starred in it I think she starred in it I think as well yeah um, but I mean he's definitely one to watch keep an eye out for it if you see his name side series it looks bl- blackly comic so keep an eye out for that as well when, you, when it comes around any more news from you? no that's it cool right. if you would like to interrogate us on our choice of news or on our Obsession with these standards. You can email us at podcast at yappinfries.com. We can open the we can open the uh, the questions to the floor. Any questions for this week's podcast? No. No. Okay. Fine. No. No. Okay. I'll Moving do a, on to I'll reviews. Do, I'll do a really quick review of the watch. Okay. Uh, the watch is uh, this is a late review. Um, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's about four guys who uh, form a neighborhood watch group uh, because. Uh, They've got nothing else because to do. A Cos- because a Costco employee gets brutally murdered, and Ben Stiller is the manager of Costco. Ah. And Ben Stiller is this guy who's a bit of a control freak, and he's he's trying his best to be a really nice guy. So he's so, playing Ben Stiller. So yeah, so so he forms he forms all these clubs, and you know, like in this in this uh, in this in, in this Iowa neighborhood that they live in. So he's 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 the, where Captain Kirk's from. He's the president of the running club. He's the president of this club. He's the president of that club, and he's just trying to be a really nice guy. And as he says in the voiceover narration at the beginning of the film, I don't have a black friend yet, but I'm working on it. You know, it's like he's, he's you know he's he just wants to be a nice guy. Yeah. And uh, when his and this employee uh, of his, just the day he becomes a U.S. citizen, is brutally murdered, and the next day. Ben Stiller goes up there and is like, what the fuck's going on? And like the cops and the lead cop played by Will Forte. Oh, okay. Uh, is like, you know, the guy's, the guy's dead, you know, fuck, you know, dead. And they find this green goop on him, mm. which suggests foul play and suggests that there's something going on. Green goop is never good. Yeah. Now, this movie's pretty old, so I'm not going to waste any more time with it. Aliens are taking over the fucking world. Okay. Right? And it's I don't need Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Jonah Hill, and Richard Ayer, they can stop it. 
That's right. right. That's right. Now, aka Ash uh, Moss from the IT crowd. Yeah. Now, the one thing about this film, this movie should have been awesome. Yeah. If you look at the four actors who headlined this film, it should have been wall to wall, balls out, hilarious. Yeah. It's not. No. This movie sucks. Really? Is it's it just unfunny completely? It's just not funny. Wow. Unless, unless you like, you know, you know this, you know, unless you like actors just continually making references to cum and dicks as funny, <laughs> it's not funny. Oh no. Um, it does. I mean, it does have a couple of moments. I mean, it's very hard to have act com- comedy actors this good and not have a couple of funny moments. I'm not saying that there are no funny moments. And most of I- them, Richard Ayres. Or is he even shortchanged? Actually, actually, Richard Ayodani in this is like, he is sorely out of place. Really? Yeah. I didn't find him funny at all. Oh, wow. But then again, I didn't find anyone funny. Yeah. The only, the only person that cracked me up was Jonah Hill. Oh, really? And even, and even then, it's because, and when you watch the outtakes on the DVD, you realize this, is because these motherfuckers were ad-libbing yeah. so much that... It, it becomes an exercise in self-indulgence mm. and like some of his stuff is some of Jonah Hill's stuff is pretty funny like when they're talking shit to this one kid you know they're trying to like shake down this kid and Jonah Hill is like you know look at him but listen to me listen you know look at him you know like watch his face you know like you know watch him but listen to it you know like watch me but listen to his face you know, like, you know, just weird shit like that yeah, yeah. when you keep going you know because he's the psycho of the group it's it's like the first it's like the first austin powers where they will well they will play a joke until you laugh yeah and somehow they know when you laugh oh really and and then they switch to the next scene no but do you remember the first austin powers movie where where, where I'm very badly burned. Where Doctor Evil would be like, Whoa, yeah, Whoa, and then it go, Whoa, and it would go on so long yeah. to the point where the whole cinema's laughing, and somehow the movie knows, and then it cuts, and then it cuts. Yeah, some of the stuff in the watch is like that. Okay, where they will play on, but they don't know when the audience has stopped laughing. Oh, so it goes a bit too long. It go a lot of stuff goes too long, and I, I mean, I'm actually giving the whole movie away by yeah. saying this. But I'm not. The whole movie is a setup for a dick joke. <laughs> and when you see the movie, if you see the movie, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving away anything. Right. You won't. You won't necessarily see it coming. Right. But the whole film is a setup for a massive dick joke. And you that, expect better from this caliber. And you expect better from these guys, especially. From I mean, especially from Jonah Hill, who is now an Academy, an Oscar-nominated yeah. fucking actor, and especially after Twenty One Jump Street, where he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you can tell that they're all trying their best. And mm. let me say, Vince Vaughn has never been this annoying. Is he just is he phoning it in as much as usual or more? The thing is, is that it looks like he's trying. Oh, really? It looks like he's trying to be funny. It, you know, the, the problem with this movie is that you got four really funny guys. And you can tell they're all trying to be funny. And they're over trying. And it just doesn't work. Swing and a miss. It doesn't work. I mean, like, there are no laugh out loud moments in this film. There's a lot of, like, <laughs> That's it. But that's it. Did you laugh six times? No. That's the BBC Six Music rating for a comedy. So if you don't laugh six times, it's shit. I think I laughed about three or four times. Okay. 
And even then, it was more of a sort of like oh, that was quite fun. A chuckle. Yeah, more of a chuckle. Was so it, yeah, or maybe a guffaw? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it? Wasn't a guffaw? It wasn't a guffaw. Wasn't even a guffaw. Wasn't a guffaw. Ah, that sucks. So you know, I was I was deeply disappointed by this, considering the talent that's involved. Um, Doug Jones plays, oh. plays the alien. Ah. And he does a good job playing the alien. No, really, he's the best thing in it. You know, but the thing is, is like we were watching the blooper reels. Mm -hmm. The blooper reels funnier than the film. Ah, it sucks. So, uh, I want to skip. I wasn't particularly impressed. You know, I mean, like if you're if if you if you uh, really really like jokes about dicks and cum, then you might like this film. Mm -hmm. It's like there's this whole ongoing thing that the alien blood feels like cum. Okay, and. I personally don't find that funny. Right. <laughs> it's a tortuous joke. You know, it's be funny like, the first two times, but they go to it throughout. They yeah, to it throughout. Actually, the one thing, the one shining light, the one ray of light in this film is that R. Lee Ermy is in it. Oh, awesome! How's he looking these days? Because he was old in the eighties, for fuck's sake. Yeah, he's he's looking older. Yeah. But he tears these boys a new asshole. Awesome. Because they're on his property. And that's all he does, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all he does. <laughs> Um, and he's great in it. What was, what was the show, the TV show? They wanted someone like Orly Army, and they couldn't. They just got. They just hired him. Or was it? Or maybe it was the, the Frighteners or something like that. The Frighteners. He's in the Frighteners, but maybe I don't know if he's in Space Love and Beyond or something like that. Was some, they wanted an Orly Army type character, actually, and actually, someone just said, "Let's just get Orly Army." Actually, my favorite Orly Army performance is actually Murder in the First, with that. Christian Slater and Kevin Bacon. It's, oh. it's a good movie. Yeah. It's a really solid prison film. Oh, okay. Um, and Arlie Ermey Ermey plays the judge ah. and it's an actual performance ah. it's not he's not falling back on his drill, drill instructor persona yeah. it's an actual performance the same thing as uh, his job as his uh, role in Seven hmm. you know where he's uh, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman's commanding officer oh, right, yeah. that's an actual performance yeah and when you give Arlie Ermey an, act an actual role... He's he great. He's a fucking good actor. Yeah. You know, but he must have a sense of humor If about you're wondering it. who the fuck we're talking about, he's a drill instructor from Full, Full Metal, Metal Jacket. Jacket. He's the guy who said, it's like, I'll bet you're the kind of guy who will fuck another guy in the ass and not even have the common decency to give him a reach Drown. around. I'll be watching you. How tall are you? And it's a... I didn't know they could pass shit that high. Five foot... <laughs> sir, five foot nine, sir. Five foot nine. I didn't know they stacked shit that high. <laughs> you find something funny, Private Joker? <laughs> What's your excuse? Sir, excuse for what, sir? I'm asking the fucking questions here, <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Can I be in charge for a while? <laughs> he's a fucking legend. Yeah, he's a genius. <laughs> he's a genius. There's this, there's this whole story that Stanley Kubrick went up, went up to him because he made up all that shit. None, oh, yeah? none of that was scripted. Really? None of that was scripted. Holy shit. And that's all just shit that he came up with. And Arlie Ermey was like laughing his ass off. Anyway, no, I mean like uh, Stanley Kubrick was laughing his ass off like going... What's a reach around? <laughs> and Arlie Ermey was just like, Stanley, use your imagination. <laughs> so that's my review of the watch. Awesome. Stay away from it. <laughs> Moving on to my review, Pitch Perfect, an acapella movie. Sounds like shit. Now, I was expecting this to be Glee the movie. Um, I can feel myself growing a vagina just thinking this, about it. Yeah. Um, I did expect it to be Glee the movie, but I had heard good reports from friends, so we did watch it. Actually, it has been pretty well reviewed. Yeah, so uh, and it's got Anna Kendrick, who seems to be incapable of being in a film that isn't well reviewed. Yes, <laughs> um, she plays uh, Scott Pilgrim's sister. No, wait, um, she plays uh, Becca, who's Joseph a Gordon. wannabe. Oh. She plays Justin Gordon-Levitt's. Oh no, wait, what? What? <laughs> Anywho, she plays a, a wannabe DJ who um, her dad sends her to college, so because DJ's not a real career, and. 
you know, this also starts off with this band, the, uh, the, 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 the university, it's a university, it's not a high school flick, it's a college flick. Um, they have, they, they must be the only campus in the world that has four a cappella groups. Uh, I can't remember the third one, but the, the, there's the gay one, the high fives who are stoned all the time, the treble makers who win everything, and the, the Bellas, Belladonnas who are like um, the chick ones, who had a bad um, performance at last year's nationals. And so they're trying, to, they're trying to put together a new group. I don't want to see it. Yeah, I know. They're trying to put together a new group. Like, and this time they're going for people who sing, like Rebel Wilson, who was Matt... Um, George Doors on the drums. What's his name? Not Matt Lucas. Matt Lucas. He was Matt Lucas's uh, sibling slash lover from Bridesmaids. Oh, right, right. She's getting a lot of work, actually. Yes. Yeah. And she's the young Melissa McCarthy, basically. Um... So they decided to get people who can actually sing this time. So they've got like this Korean chick who you, doesn't talk. Like all you hear is every time the camera's on her, she says something. You can't fucking hear a word she's saying, but she can sing. So they try to put together this act. Um, as well as that, there's uh, Anna's kind of hanging out with this guy Skylar Austin, who looks like somebody cloned Dane Cook. I'll put a photo up on the side, but it's ridiculous how much. I kept I, thinking, why is Dane Cook in this movie? He's like in his thirties. I've seen this picture. He looks like Dane Cook. He looks like Dane Cook. So the thing with this movie is that um, it's. They gotta, you know, they gotta go through. It's a sports movie. It follows a sports movie template. You know, you got your, you got your montage of training montages. You've got the rivalry with the treble makers. You know, there's a rule in the Belladonnas, I think it is, are called that you can't. If you fuck one of the treble makers, you're out. And um, so far, so whatever. But it's also at times a weirdly gross-out comedy. Mm-hmm. Like the reason why they lost last year's final is fucking disgusting. I don't want to give it away because it's one of the first. Like you're listening to, you're watching all these people singing a cappella, and you're going fucking nuts, saying when will it end? And then it ends in a spectacular fashion that really kind of says, well, hang on, maybe this movie is worth sticking with. Mm-hmm. And that continues throughout it. So it has all these weird elements. Like uh, Scott Rossin's character is mad into movies. Um, Anna Kendrick never watched the movie to an end so there's this weird like love of the breakfast club and Jaws and things going on mm-hmm. and her not being able to finish anything or her pushing away people from her life then there's gross out then whenever Rebel Wilson's on the screen it's fucking funny mm-hmm. uh, a lot, I, I heard a lot of her stuff is like um, ad-libbed so there's a, just fucking funny shit in there there's stuff in the trailer about one of the girls gets nodes and they're all worried about it and she's like is that like herpes you can call me you call her Fat Amy he's like why so skinny it's bitches like, like you don't call me Fat Amy Rebel Wilson that's the fat that's name. her fucking name yeah <laughs> which is fucking badass and she's cool in this um, she's cool in everything yeah, at one she, point, she's I, in Pain and Gain as well yeah, yeah. at one point someone uh, I'm does, big yeah. I'm hot <laughs> at one point someone does a snow angel and vomit oh right which is fucking funny um, so it has this, and it also like references the fact that you know Anna Kendrick's, you know, she's good looking. She's wearing a lot of eye makeup because she's like, you know, the indie chick. But like, they even reference the fact that like, oh, if I pegged you for the girl who would wear glasses and dungarees and then you know go to the prom and shit like that, and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, they're referencing that they're, they're they're kind of being smart about that stuff. But the pacing's kind of horrible. You know, there is the, the songs. I will admit are actually fucking catchy. I did catch myself. We did catch ourselves bobbing our heads to an awful lot of them, and you know, mm-hmm. that's good. But it does follow the sports movie template. It's worth a watch, but lower your expectations a bit, just because. It's that pacing is weird. You're like, what, well, you're not giving in because you're watching too much singing, but just other crap that could quite easily be cut and make it funnier. Right. But definitely worth watch. Okay. Uh, and also for the Aka puns, because there's a couple of girls who are like, Aka, excuse me. You know, what, you know what? You, I've just, I've just shot you, down. You've just destroyed the movie for me. <laughs> Aka puns. Aka puns. Fuck this shit. Because it's acapella. I ain't watching this. Aka, excuse me. It's or go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah I just want to say something about Argo it's like what a weird 
awards trip this movie's having. Really? Well, because it got snubbed for Best Director. Yeah, but it got nominated for Best Film in the Oscars. Yeah, but it's also, it also won Best Director... At the, the SAG Awards. At, no, no. no that, Globe that, Globes? Nobody wins Best Director at the SAG Awards. The okay. Screen Actors Guild. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> so what did it win? Because <laughs> the SAG Awards were last night. It, My Twitter feed was full it, of bullshit. He won Best Director for Critics' Choice. Oh, okay. He won Best Director for the Golden Globes. Okay. Argo won Best Film at the Golden Globes. Argo also won Best Film at the um, Producers Guild Awards. Never heard of those. And it's just really weird that like it's this is uh, it's it's one of the re- the last film to win the best because it looks like it might win the best picture Oscar. Mm-hmm. The last film to win the best picture Oscar that didn't have a best director nomination mm. was Driving Miss Daisy. I fucking hate that movie. I know you hate that movie. That's, <laughs> that's why I thought it's interesting to bring it up. Fuck that movie. But it, it is it is just really fascinating. Mm. I mean, this is also the year that we have a more nominated for Best Movie and also Best Farm Movie as well, which is weird. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, let's get it. on to... Uh, so, yeah, we uh, saw a quick oh, yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, quick yeah, yeah, dash yeah, yeah, on yeah. just reminding people how fucking awesome The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is. Now, this would used to be... For me, this has always been a perennially Christmas movie because they put... You know, when they want to fill the schedules at Christmas time, they start throwing on the old westerns at, like, midnight or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I've always caught the middle or the end of it. And I've, I've watched... It's been a long time since i watched it. But, um... Fuck me, we watched the whole thing last night and It's a long film. That's a long fucking it's a film. Long movie. I've forgotten how long it is. The first there's no dialogue. Bulletproof vest! There's, oh, there's, the man's a genius! There's that's not this one. There's no bulletproof vest in this one. That's what well, that's fistful of dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Because that's the thing, I kept getting <laughs> confused. Is it one of them where they have a pocket watch to time the gunfight? Sorry, I got, yeah. That, that's not this one. I thought it was yeah. this one. I got it wrong, I got it wrong, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's no dialogue for the first 10, 15 minutes. I know it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the, there's just this whole it's a bromance kind of between Eli Wallach and um, Clint Eastwood, like. But like they they pair up, they double cross, they cross each other, they double cross each other, they get revenge on each other, they pair up again, then they double cross each other again, and it's fucking funny. And there's so many little elements in it that were like in any other director's hands they would cut shit on it, like Eli Wallach, who's the ugly, meeting up with his brother. And there's a little scene of pathos there of his folks are dead and him forgetting, you know, he'd run away and, like, you know, him, him coming back with, you know, when we were our age, with what we had, you had to become a bandit or a priest. You wouldn't have to be a priest. I had the other way, and my way was harder. There's a lot of fucking crazy shit in there. There's also a lot of incredibly wacky dubbing because all the ex, apart from the main yeah, cast, yeah, no, everyone no, else no, had no, Italian no, accents. Nobody could speak English. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's the whole, I mean, it's, it's not, it doesn't hit you over the head with its indictment of the Civil War. Because they're just kind of crisscrossing it the whole time, and there's a whole scene with the bridge, mm-hmm. and there's this, this drunken captain who's like, "We got to take this bridge." If I could, I've dreamt of blowing up that bridge. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a court martial offense even to dream, but I've dreamt of blowing up that bridge. And he's getting soused, and he's like, S- he's, he's, "I love that, I love that word for souse, yeah." Souse. He's a great, he's a great writer. Souse, souse, souse. <laughs> Have you seen Barton Fink? Yeah, a long time ago. I wasn't mad then. You should check out Barton Fick. Really? He's a great writer. Saps. Saps. No, he's a great... Saps! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so much of this movie, I thought were different movies. No, no, no. I, even even the whole bulletproof vest thing. Because like, that, I think, is for a fistful of dollars. Because, again, I thought... Of, I thought it, is, it is fistful of dollars. That, that's, yeah. its, that's its defining moment. Yeah. That's the Back to the Future moment. Woo! No. Bulletproof vest! Woo-woo-woo! Is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Which again is another beautiful thing in that movie, which is just an identifiable theme. It's not overused. It's used beautifully. And also, you know, like Eli Wallach is sitting in the bathtub 
all of a sudden and shit because he hasn't had a wash in forever mm. and a guy walks in and starts monologuing on him and then he shoots the motherfucker stands up and says let's talk just shoot uh, you know Lee Van Cleef's fucking amazing in it now I think we did we watched the extended edition which I'm not sure because it's been so long what are the new bits and what the end bits they added some, some stuff in after Lee Van Cleef had died I had to read up his lines but he's fucking fantastic there's like a protracted scene in the desert where Eli Wallach is slowly torturing Clint Eastwood to death yeah. and then they pair up again yeah. it's just fucked up I know <laughs> and the camera work in the, in the graveyard scene like was getting dizzy as Eli Wallach runs around like a million gravestones looking for this one fucking gravestone where the gold is buried no. they don't even know about the gold plot until like three quarters way through the movie yeah no, I mean, I think uh, one of the things about the uh, the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly trilogy is, um, uh, as it is with a lot of some of these old movies, is sometimes I think, um, particularly for the the new generation of film fans, is that we we lose sight of how innovative they were. They were, um, you know, not just in terms of the storytelling, but just in terms of the camera work. Yeah, you know, like you know, uh, dating back all the way to Citizen Kane. You know, one of the reasons why Citizen Kane is seen as the the classic that it is is so through the gate shot is because of the camera work, is because of the work they were doing with sound, sound mm. especially because we were just coming, we were just you know like the whole the whole idea of talkies was just really really coming into its own and mm. what they decided you know what they were doing with with sound, but the the westerns of that age is some truly amazing filmmaking that's going on 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 minuscule budgets. Mm. Compared to today, but there's a there's a civil war prison yeah. in this movie, and it's like, holy shit, that's a lot of extras. Yep. And then later on, there's a, a basically two armies camped out on either side of a river over this bridge that no one no one can destroy. Both sides want. Mm-hmm. And there's fucking there's six times the casts of Pitch Perfect from each side running at each other and then like dying off dying on screen. It's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I don't know. I mean, I know that the spaghetti westerns also was shot a lot a lot, a lot in Spain. It must have been just fucking cheap to get that many people, but there's you, how 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 can you get like a thousand fucking Civil War uniforms? Absolutely, it's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing. No, I mean like uh, for those of you who aren't aware with unaware of this trilogy, uh, like maybe some of you have become Clint Eastwood fans in the later years. Stuff of he stuff, really knows how to chew his tobacco. You know stuff because of uh, fucking you know Grand Torino or. Mm. You know, in the line of fire or Million Dollar Baby, Unforgiven. You should really you if if you are a fan of these movies, if you are a fan of this of this iconic figure, because it's only just dawned on me that that there's this whole new generation of film fans that are Clint Eastwood fans because of the iconic characters he's created recently. Because of Rango, as well. (laughs) I was just thinking, he is the spirit of the West. Yes, he is the spirit of the West. But there's a lot of people out there that are unaware of the stuff that he used to do. Yeah, because it's all boring. You know, you owe it to yourself to check out these movies. These are amazing movies. Once you get past this, then you know what? You can come back to the fucking The Outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah, Two Mules for Sister Sarah. You know, I mean, like all of these movies that he did that defined a generation. Yeah. So check them out. Yeah, well, that's why I'll probably be reviewing uh, Fistful of Dollars a few dollars more <laughs> over the next couple of weeks because fuck me, this is just—it's just so good. And I mean, it's it's Eli Wallach's story as well. Like Clint Eastwood is in it a lot, but yeah. Eli Wallach it, carries this fucking. Movie. Eli Wallach is a huge part of this. He's the ugly, and he's just so fucking good. What is he? He's a he's a nasty hamster. That's what he looks like—a nasty Western hamster. And Eli Wallach is one of these actors who has kept 
working. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's what I mean. We looked up on IMDb straight after. He's still alive, and he's yeah. like gray-haired and thin as motherfucker because he's chubby. He's kept the last movie I saw him in was uh, Wall Street: Money Never Sleeps. Oh yeah, that was, was looking the, at? that was the last film I never. How do you look in that? How, how was how, how was he in that? He's good. Yeah, I mean, he looked like shit. Yeah, he's old. <laughs> yeah, but he was good. Yeah, I mean, but these are career actors. These are yeah. people who have it in their blood. Yeah, and these people will never retire. No. So yeah, check this check this shit out. Definitely, it's worth a rewatch. You should, it's on that list of movies you should watch every couple of years just to remind yourself how amazing it is. All right. Love them. Okay. So that leaves us at the end of our show. Thanks for listening. And as up. always, we will leave you with the box office results from Malaysia and the US. Starting with Malaysia, number 10, Les, Les Miserables. Uh, number se- uh, 9, uh, Alex Pandian. Number 8, Kanaladu Tina Asaya. Number seven, it's uh, Jackie Chan, CJ12. CZ. CZ. I keep saying that. <laughs> CJ. Number six, Young and Dangerous, Reloaded. Number five, 3 a.m. Number four, The Tower. Number three, The Impossible. Number two, Mama. Number, I've heard that's really scary. <laughs> Number one, The Last, Last Sand. Oh, shit. <laughs> Let's see how it first the U.S. box office top ten. And oh, look at number ten. ten. The, it's Last the Last Sand. At number nine, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Number eight, Les Miserables. Number seven, Django. Number six, A Haunted House. What's that? I don't know. Number five, Broken City. Number four, Gangster Squad. Have you? This is getting bad reviews. Have you? Have you heard uh, the the little clip of Ryan Gosling talking to Emma Stone? No. He's talking like this. It's kind of weird. I don't know why he's doing it. I'm kind of over Ryan Gosling. Are you? We watched Drive again during the week as well. Yeah, it's like you know, fucking tense movie. I want to see a movie where he shouts. He shouts. Number four. I want to see. I want. To, I wanted to see a um, what you call it, a John Grisham lawyer, hotshot, fast-talking lawyer, just to see the fucker up his word count. I want to see. I want to see him play a crackhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number three, Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, number two, Zero Dark Thirty. And number one, Mama. And for the record, I know it's not pronounced Les Miserables. Yeah. I just choose to pronounce it like that. Did someone correct you? No, but just in case. Yeah. I don't want these motherfuckers to be like, that's not how it's said. Who's Les? <laughs> Who's Les? There's Why no Les he... in this movie. Why is he miserable? Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to say the real name, just as I refuse to call Chocolat, Chocolat. Or watch any um, Audrey I... Tattoo movie. Yeah. Have you watched Emily yet? No. <laughs> it's going on a year and a half since you've had the fucking DVD. Where's my father, Ted? No wire, no, no wire for you, sir. To like get that back. No wire. No, you're gonna miss that ending. Mm-hmm. Omar st- coming. I'll steal it. Omar's not coming. Don't lock it. I'll kick it in. <laughs> you're not good, police. She. <laughs> she. Good night. Good night. <laughs>